It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 2014! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Um, first of all, very... Very much apologies for not having one last week. Technical difficulties. Um, sorry, I had to put my teeth, teeth back in. Technical dif- difficulties. Uh, couldn't manage to get one out, unfortunately. But hey, we're back. Uh, and we've got a couple of wins that we really can go over. But obviously, the most recent one being Leicester. It's been a great weekend. Um, you know, I think we've got our rhythm. We're on, I think, something that we could call a run. And I think the fans are really starting to get on board with a team that's very likeable. And of course, continuously at the same time, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Um, so, and joining us today uh, again is Matt from the Can You Believe It podcast. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Um, thank you for having me back. And uh, I just wanted to mention that even though Tottenham didn't go anywhere, they still got battered wherever they went. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder, does it count? So obviously, when they go on their travels, it is in by default everywhere they go. But is being at home still somewhere that they go? Um, either way, they get battered. Yeah, which has been fantastic exactly. against the team that also seem to get battered wherever they go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it just seems since we got battered earlier in the season, everyone else mm. just seems to be getting battered as well. So it's quite nice that we can share all that fun. Sweet, sweet, humble pie. Because it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> Obviously, the after we got battered for a couple of games, three games, um, well, of course, that was, the, that was the time where our Spurs had already won the league. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> it's obviously this just just oh drink the Spurs fans tears that's always and of course today Nuno um, Santa Nuno Spero oh, I can't put my teeth in today mate Nuno's got sacked <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which I'm sure we'll get to to at some point um, but look let's focus on Arsenal for now um, and I'm sure we'll get into where we're going in a very different direction as to where Tottenham are going at the moment so just to read out a few of your um, three word summaries um so what's a great away performance um amazing and stressful come on arsenal job well done aaron christopher ramsdale i did not know that was his middle name that's from bile canada <laughs> scrappy away win absolutely effing class not our potential not really sure what that means yeah just a lot of stuff i mean obviously ramsdale is gold there's loads about ramsdale um but just uh, it's really nice just to have a lot of positivity isn't it yeah, I mean, when you think about how we started the season and how the mood around the fan base and the club was, it, it was really negative. And I, I just think it's it's quite nice to actually have some hope again as a fan. Like it's just it's nice to be f- feeling positive about Arsenal and just being able to enjoy games and maybe get some good performances and talk about the players rather than talk about everything else that's going on at the club and being in crisis. And I, I know Arsenal are one week away from a crisis always because that's how social media and everything works. Yeah. But it's just nice to go on this run, win some games and just be able to enjoy football for a bit and it's it's been a long time since we've been able to see that it's true it's true and i think you know what before we even get into the goals the tactics the managers uh, decisions the energy or whatever we're going to talk about for the rest of the uh, podcast but i think the first thing to say is just, i think something that's so enjoyable about all of this obviously the run helps right but the sheer likability of these players they're just yeah. so I don't know, there's just something about each and every single individual that they've signed or they've brought through the youth system, youth system that just has this real sort of humility and youth and energy about them that seems to be sort of spreading wildfire across the team. You know, everybody's in the same boat. They seem to be happy. I mean, there's the Saka-Smith-Rowe, obviously, combination from the Hale End. Ramsdale's come in as everyone's fan favourite. He's going to the fans. He's, throw, he's giving the shirt every time. He's getting involved. Um, you know, Sambi Lokonga, Tavares has got energy. They're just... These, you know, Ben Ben White coming out saying he's called Benjamin rather than Ben, you know, <laughs> so it's just it's just something about the connection and there's little things, you know, you know, you know, you get the stories about. Um, uh, I'm not comparing ourselves to the England team in Italia Nighty or anything like it, but you know, there's the England team. You hear the Gaza stories and you hear like yeah. the England team sort of this year it was kind of Saka and the Maguire and the Unicorn and uh, all these different things that you kind of felt really connected to the players for and you really remember seasons for that. 
I haven't remember. I don't remember being connected to a team like this. Um, and we're sitting in fifth place, so we're not flying high or anything. Yeah. But I've not felt a connection to a, to, to a team like this in a long time. I don't know if you feel the same. No, no. I, I, I think I do feel a connection towards these players quite a lot because I think the way they are is it's just quite astonishingly like likable and i i just everything that arsenal do this season is is much more enjoyable when the team is likable and i think the last few years i think we've signed older players and i think it is it's easy to get behind young players and not to sound like very like stereotypical brexit sort of person but just like mm. it's very nice to to get behind some young english players as well so like ben white ramsdale as well smith rowe saka but also like i think all of them are really likable they're just very humble sort of players as well like ramsdale i, I ever since i first heard him speak at arsenal like you had everyone had reservations about him before he joined and then mm. Since since that first interview, I've loved him. Like he's such a lovely guy, and so astonishing. And then you yep. got, and then you got like Ben White as well. Yeah, the Benjamin thing, and that's just so funny. And Smith Rose saying, "I want to be a one club man. If Arsenal want me here yeah. forever, I'll stay forever." Like it's like like it's a really likable squad, and it's just. I don't think we've had that for a while and it's just, it's refreshing and it's really nice. Yeah, I think I've, one thing about Ramsdale, you're right. Do you remember his first day when yeah. he got his mum to take a photo with him when he got when he signed for the club yeah. and stuff like that? And he was just so humble and, um, yeah, and it is a far cry from where we were last season and, and maybe even a couple of seasons before that where in terms of, if you're sort of touching upon transfer policy and things like that, it was people who we would gamble on at the wrong end of their career and yeah. give them, you know, uh, <coughs> William, um, <laughs> you know, giving them big contracts, people who may want ending up, ending up wanting to, to just retire here. So got a big contract and not really perform. We just got like an energetic bunch who are ecstatic about being at this club. And um, it shows. And obviously that, it, it, that transfers to the fans. I mean, earlier in the season, you know, obviously when we had a terrible run, what was going on on Twitter versus what was happening on the, in the stands is completely different. People were yeah. obviously tearing their hair out on social media, and of course the fans were were upset. But from what I hear at the beginning of the season, even at the Chelsea game, like people were still behind the team, people still liked the team, um, and you know even even a couple of games after that at Norwich, everyone was behind them. I think the only game where there has been frustration, and I was there, was at Palace. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that was that was where we weren't quite sure where. Um, the the short run and the good win against uh, Spurs really sort of lay us, and we thought, right, well, where are we now? We thought this is let's go and beat Palace and really push on, and it didn't happen. Turns out, you know, I think I think we are a better team than that, and you know, the energy we showed at the end and the passion um, was important for us. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the the point is that the fans have all been behind them ever since, and uh, I think that's down to the players and the energy, and I think that feeds back to the team. So, um, but Leicester, Leicester, what a day! I think, um, yeah, I mean, incredible result to say, to say the least, really. I mean, away at Leicester's no, not, not easy. They've had a difficult season. They've sort of been quite similar to us in a sense. But at home and very recently, and they only put four past Manchester United very recently. So where do you, where do you sort of put that on, on our season's sort of scale of um, achievements? In terms of results, it's probably... It could be, you could consider it the best result, because I was going to say the Spurs result was the best one, but... But they get battered everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's just like, the, that's a formality at this point, mm, so... Of course, but Yeah, of course. But, but like, with, with the Leicester one, that's a real team, a real rival. I know we'll probably talk about the performance, but the result is, is excellent, and... It, these are the games that will really define your season later on. The, these three points could be the difference between us finishing above Leicester. You don't know. And it's just, they, it was crucial three points. And obviously Leicester now, if they want to be able to match us, will have to come to the Emirates and be able to to get some get a point get, and beat us. So we, we definitely have an advantage over 
over them and it, i think it it, it it was just good as well to be able to because we started really well in this game and it it was good to get that early dominance as well and and just show that Leicester, yes, you're a good side, but we're an up-and-coming side and we're emerging ourselves. Definitely, and I think apart from everything else, right, Leicester are a team around us. They're one of the teams that's a six-pointer because we're going to need to beat them to stay above them, right, like you say. So, um, and so that, that I think just putting a marker down and be like, yeah, no, we're, this, isn't, this wasn't a fluke. Um, and a couple of those games that we didn't perform, but still managed to get a point out of, you know, Palace, uh, Brighton, obviously. Um, then I think it really sort of just says that yeah, these are the, these these are the teams winning around, and we're better than you think we are. I think to the people that had, had doubted us at the beginning, and um, I think one of the things looking back as well is the teams that we did really badly against, um, or, or, or perceived really badly against, have ended up being incredible teams this season. Obviously, Brentford. We mm. had eight players out. We played against a very good Brentford team who are getting points off pretty much everybody, apart from Chelsea, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're proving a very difficult team to beat. Palace, we drew against, and obviously they've they've just beaten City away, and they're picking up some really good points. It's a Vieira team that have been hugely, hugely unlucky not to pick up more points at the beginning of the season. Obviously, City and Chelsea, we lost too, and, um, and Brighton. I mean, Graham Potter's doing an exceptional job. If they'd have beaten us then, they would have gone top, and again, they, they've just drawn 2-2, having been 2-0 down at, at Anfield. So, yeah. These are all teams that I think because we we played them early, we're getting judged very easily on them. And obviously, it's if Arsenal's in a crisis, Arteta should be out, all this stuff, and Gary Neville and all those people are sort of just yeah. enjoying their memes, getting their cash from what they do when they get their clicks and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And then, yeah, all the teams around them are losing to these teams, and it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit of um, it, it's quite sort of a humble. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel quite. Um, well, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, just happy that, that we've been able to prove these people wrong. And I think that, that we've really got something about this team now. So, um, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier. But so, I mean, from the beginning of the game, what did you think about the, the lineup? Yeah, like, so we went with the exact same lineup that we had against Villa. And I thought it, it was pretty much justified. I didn't see any reason to switch it up. I thought Lacazette played well in, in this like hybrid 4-4-2 role. Smith Rowe just works on the left as well, so it was it, it was in it, it was an easy decision. And obviously with no Tierney as well, and and mm. Ben White was a doubt, but he managed to make it anyway. It it, it sort of picked itself really, and uh, and I think for the first twenty minutes especially, it seemed to work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's one of those things that it did pick itself in a sense. I was a bit worried about Ben White not playing. I know he was ill and there was a bit of an illness going around the squad. But um, yeah, yeah, it picked itself. Um, I was very happy. Uh, I think it speaks wonders that how well Tavares is doing, considering we didn't even really mention Tierney. You know, I think he's he's playing very well, obviously very raw, leaving some gaps at times. But really, he's an exciting player. And again, another player that gets you off the edge of your seat. So... Um, yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was happy with it. I th what I thought was really interesting as well is the um, uh, was again. It's really this sort of second game that's sort of been enforced by two things: Xhaka obviously being out, and and, and actually Odegaard being a little bit out of form, um, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But it's again, it's sort of the second time he's kind of deployed a four-four-two-ish yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, getting Lacazette and Aubameyang to work together. And by the way, working their asses off from oh, yeah. start to finish. Like, honestly, I've, I've not seen those two rejuvenated like I have for, these, for like, this season. And um, it's, it's, fun. it's so great to watch. And, so I, and it seems to be working. Um, you know, and we, we've done that over the past. I think Mikel Arteta, for, for, for all of his good things and bad things, he's been a problem solver, I think, at times, right? And... You know, we, we were doing the four, three, four, three, we did all the five at the back thing, you know, we were doing the, and then we went to the uh, four, two, three, one, um, maybe a little bit too late, that was sort of around Christmas time, and then that got scouted, and then so we had to sort of manage how we did that, and now it's sort of coming on to a bit of a four, four, two, um, and it is interesting how we sort of solve these problems, as I know that the four, two, three, one sort of did end up with the wrong players, with maybe Odegaard playing as that double pivot with party, it didn't quite work, so I thought it was interesting. Um, that he brought him in. Um, so, and it obviously proved for a unbelievable start. I mean, it was energetic. 
it was high intensity. I think Leicester weren't great, but I, I think that's full credit to us for making them not great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so the first goal came pretty quickly. I mean, after a sack of chance already, I mean, he was slipped through, um, sort of just went a little bit wide, and then it could have been an own goal after that save. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, that first goal, I think, well, it's time to talk about set pieces, I suppose, right? I mean, set pieces have been pretty good this season. Yeah, I think I think we have the most set-piece goals in the league this season, which is quite astonishing when you think about it. And, and especially with how bad our set-pieces were last season. Like I remember I remember them trying all these like funky routines and uh, me just wondering what was the point of taking set pieces at all but at this point we, 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 we've we done well with set pieces and credit Gabriel I think he's an absolute monster in the air like I, I love seeing him in both boxes defend corners and attack corners and I don't know how much he meant it because like it did flash into him very quickly and he sort of glanced the header but he sort of wasn't in control but it was a lovely finish and to go one nil up that early as well was a confidence boost to the side and and I, fi- I think uh, what I liked about the celebration was it was very confident as well so it was a very nice like confident celebration so I yeah. always I always like that it was just rather than like the sort of like. I know he danced at the end, but I don't really like the the more the, the more silly ones. It, personally, I like it when a player looks like he's confident and basically he's like, "Yeah, I'm better than you." Smug sort of thing. Yeah, I like the raw passion. I like the raw passion. But you're right. I'm pretty sure I lost more hair um, from watching our set pieces last season than short corners <laughs> than I did from anything else that's ever happened to me in my entire life. But I mean, a few things have happened. We've got that, you know, the set piece coaching. By the way. I don't. I, I was at the Palace game, and I know you were. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, and and, and I forgot to look next time. I watched, so I went to the Villa game as well, but I forgot to look look then. Um, every time, does he know Mikel Elteta sits at the end of his touchline? Yeah. The whole time, like at the end of the technical box. Whenever it was a corner, he sat down, and then the te- the, uh, the the um, set piece coach got up <laughs> as if he was Arteta, but obviously not that he could affect anything. But it was really interesting. He didn't just join him. He just literally sat and replaced him, which I thought was hilarious. But obviously we got him in, which is great. Um, we've got a bigger team. You know, we, I yeah. think we've got some real big people in our team, which isn't something you normally associate with Arsenal. Um, Tommy Yasu springs to mind. Obviously, Gabriel scores the goal. Ben White's not small. Um, Partey, who scored ahead of the other day, he's, he's not a small guy, and it, it sort of transfers all the way up the pitch. So yeah, um, that's good. And then obviously we've actually got people who can swing the ball in. I mean, it's not Pepe hitting the first man; it's Saka and Smith Rowe from either side within swingers. So no complaints for sure. Um, but it did set a marker, didn't it? You know, it it sort of felt that right. We've done it a few times now. The best performances we've done this season, we've scored early. Yeah, and we and we've kept going. You know, I think we were guilty of. I think it, it was Palace, wasn't it, where we scored early and then completely took our foot off the gas at 1-0, yeah. which is crazy. And, you know, we invited the pressure on, we were sloppy, we couldn't really think about where to attack. And this was completely different. It was pedal to the metal, um, you know, pressed the you know, sort of second goal. It was dispossessing James Madison, of all people. <laughs> um, and there's been a few stories like that, I swear. I mean, Buendia was involved in the last game against Aston Villa after the... He nearly came to us, but obviously didn't. And then there's the Madison thing. And I, I just, there's a few like kind of inner stories here yeah. um, that I'm quite enjoying and that we're coming on top of every time. And obviously Martinez was, was my favourite uh, <laughs> when we played Villa. So, yeah, what did you think of the second goal? What, what I like about it is we, we for the second goal, is we, we go up the pitch very quickly, which is quite nice. And Lacazette does very well. He combines with Saka very well. And then I know we get a bit of good fortune, but I think the play deserves it because I think we built up so well that it sort of deserved it. And Emil Smith-Rowe's finish is, is lovely as well. I don't think it's being talked about enough. It's just like it's a lovely curling, decisive yep. finish as well. And his development into this player who's running into the box, Ramsey-esque, if you will, so true. Yeah, getting on the end of things and being that, making those late third man runs, and it's just like we've suffered for years without goals from midfield, and it's just nice to be able to get someone like Emil Smith Rowe, who I think 
a lot of people obviously were saying when he got the number 10 shirt that maybe it was a bit too early for him. Maybe he shouldn't have got it. But it's just like he's taken that shirt. I know it's only a shirt number, but it is a very iconic shirt number for Arsenal and in football in general. And mm-hmm. it's like that's what the best player is supposed to wear is the number 10 shirt. And he's taken it and he's he's run with it and he's done really well and and I think he's got the most goal contributions from out of our squad this season, I think. Potentially he's yeah. got five, so which is really, really good. So he's done really well and uh, the goal was re- really nice as well and uh, I celebrated it very, very well. So it, it, was, it was a very... <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, I always have a soft spot for the Halen boys scoring and uh, Millsmith throw especially. Absolutely. I mean, I reckon he's uh, he is playing out of his skin, isn't he? Yeah. He really is. Do, do you think he's going to get a call up the next England? When is when is the next England call up? So right? uh, it's actually after the Watford game. So that's is it? it? Yes. Oh, that is interesting because yeah. he's. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Mason Mount and everything, and I know that we do struggle to kind of like. Um, as an England fan base, I think that, that all the positions that and the formations that Gareth Southgate plays doesn't really lend itself to too many central midfielders that are creative. Yeah. Um, but then Emil Smith Rowe has the option of playing wide, and I mean, I, I know Mason Hunt scored a hat trick the other week, but yeah, I just I, I've never I've never really been the biggest fan of Mason Mount as much as I think some Chelsea fans are, obviously. But yeah. There's got to be a space up for grab somewhere, right? Well, well, he's I, playing this well. Well, I think Jesse Lingard is in the England squad. He was in the most recent one. It's just really? like, so I think Millsmith Rowe could easily take that spot from him. And it would be nice to see the two academy boys from Arsenal getting into the England senior squad. Like, how incredible would that be? Like, that's a really good story. So he deserves it as well. And, like, I think. It, he shouldn't be in the under twenty ones very long. I don't think Saka was either. So when, no. once you once you get into that side, you don't want to be in there long. And I don't think he will be. He will be a regular international for for many years. Yeah, and I mean, you'd think he's not the only one. I mean, we're about to get onto Ramsdale. I'm, I'm very, very, very sure. But um, <laughs> you know, I think we we can have a good core. And I think Ben White. Obviously, he went to the. Um, he went to the Euros at the beginning and then didn't. He missed out on I think on the full the full squad or never really played. So yeah. Um, and and uh, but he he can't be far away. I mean he's playing really well when Maguire is really having a terrible time. Not that Maguire will be dropped by anytime soon, but Ben White is playing exceptionally. He's showing what he can do, and he's part of a defence that's really looking solid. So, um, but yeah. So just sort of to finish off on the goal, yeah, it was it was great. I mean I think the one thing I liked about it is we got it up there quick. Yeah. We did our escape artist thing, where we get all the way up, Saka sort of gets it across. We get a bit lucky with the Lacazette thing, by the way, who I thought he played very well again. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I, the one thing I looked at, but there's one angle, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's from behind the goal sort of to the side on which he puts it. Yeah. And it kind of looks in, in real time like on that um, it was quite like a, an easy finish. Yeah. But you look at it from that angle, you realise that is the only place he could have put it because there was two defenders that it had to go in between and then it had to get to the goal that wasn't the side of um, Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was great. Um, and obviously uh, the, the fans are up, they're singing, you know, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, which is possibly my favourite Arsenal song of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fans were in full voice. And, uh, and yeah, I think we, we took the gas off the pedal a little bit and I think some people... Well, there are a few things at play here. I think Leicester start playing well. Yeah. Um, I think we took our pedal off, uh, took our foot off the pedal a little bit, which I think you should do when you're tuning up, really. Um, and I think we should sort of, sort of start playing on the counter. Um, and I actually thought we still didn't we stopped playing as well. Obviously, I think sort of all three things were true. Um, not that to say we started playing badly or anything, but I think you know we could have defended a bit better. We did let chances in, but when. <laughs> When you've got Senor Ramsdale at the back, um, <laughs> wow! I mean, how good was he? Uh, like he was sensational, and I'm sure we'll get on to the moment of the game and mm. and talk about. But he, like, he he's been sensational, and I think we as a fan base owe him a massive, massive apology. Like, just because of the way we we thought about him and it's just like I always want to be proven wrong by players, by managers, by everything because yes, I can have an opinion about something, but if I'm proven wrong about it, 
then it usually means it's in the benefit of Arsenal. So, and as long as it benefits Arsenal, that's the only thing. And I think he's been sensational. And in this game, he made some really, really good saves. There was a one in the second half that wasn't as, obviously as good as the save of the game and probably one of the saves of the season already. And it's just, no, but there was one against, I think it might have been Lookman, and he gets down really low and he like makes his body really big. And it was just, yeah. it, was re, it was a really good save. And But the, the save for the free kick against Madison is yeah it's astonishing it's just I thought the save against Spurs in the North London derby where he 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 tips it onto the bar was good but this one is incredible like he gets across he's leaping it like gets a really good hand to it and then his reaction for the second chance from Johnny Evans is really really good and yes he he sort of got a bit lucky because obviously it did could have gone over the line and maybe would have, but Partey was there, and that's actually really good defending by him. But no, mm-hmm. the, the save was sensational. It's just it was one of those things. Like, look at the replay of the goal from behind. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's just yeah, and it's it's just astonishing. And then, like you see, you see Vardy going off to celebrate. Brendan Rodgers with his hands up already yep. celebrating. Madison wheeling off celebrating. Like Arteta said after the game that he he was saying on oh, his goal and it should have been a goal. And it's just they, they are the moment. Like they, they, that's one of the best saves I've ever seen an Arsenal goalkeeper make. Like genuinely. Mm. Like it, 100%. It, yeah, it, it really is. Like everyone thinks of the the Seaman one against Sheffield United and and maybe strength of the hand is y- the, yeah. The, Exactly. It's just like those is when when it's a really good save and you're and you get up from your seat and you're gasping. That that's how you know it's a good save, and that's exactly what I did, and I think pretty much everyone did after they saw that save. Yeah, it was it was mad. I think there's something it, like I remember seeing it on Twitter um, because so I couldn't watch the game live. I had to rewatch it to sort of really get the full understanding of it. When I watched the highlights first, and but I was catching it on Twitter um, and. I watched it a couple of times from a couple of angles, and I was like, "That is that is great, you know, that's a great save." But I was a little bit, a bit like, I was being a little bit overhyped. And, and then, and then I saw it in real time, and then I saw it from that angle in slow motion, where he was nowhere near it. Yeah. The speed in which the ball is going, the strength of hand in which he has to get there. His, he, you know, the stretch Armstrong or Go Go Gadget. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 name your superhero that can do that, right? You know, the Incredibles. You know, with the wife that does it, right? Yeah. Anyone that like, he just his arm just got longer, yeah, and it just stopped the ball and um, obviously tipped it onto the post, and then to to to, to then just get up and then save point blank from Johnny Evans, who did really well to get in. It was great, and then there was another one where I think it was from an art show from distance where he tipped yeah. round the post. The Lookman one you were talking about, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I think it sounds like it was Lookman, but I remember, yeah, through on goal, it was, you, you never, ever see a keeper so confident to be able to dive out in the way he dived out in a one-on-one scenario. It's just not a thing. Normally they go, stay big, keep your legs down and spread your legs when it's the crucial moment, you know, and spread your arms wide. And he didn't. He, he, looked, he just, like, he just blocked it with, like, his whole body diving yeah. across. He had nowhere to go and... It's um, he's just got such character, and I think you know he's commanded the box. His distribution was just—I mean, we all knew he yeah. could kick a ball, but we didn't really know because, like, how well he could do it in a shorter scenario or in a really trying to attack play scenario. Because he was obviously kicking long at Sheffield United and and Bournemouth aren't you know the best team, but yeah, it was uh, God. He's 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 turning into some signing. I, I saw um, the Athletic did a poll of the worst signings of the summer between agents. So not even between fans where you just get crap results. Like these were people in the business. Top three worst signings of the season were number one was Ben White. Oh, and no. number three, yeah. number three was uh, Aaron Ramsdale. And um, which we all thought, and even the most sensible of us thought that that was obviously crazy for both Ben White and for Ramsdale. But um, uh, like I was expecting good things from him. And I was expecting him to sort of come in and have some good games and push for the number one shirt when Leno obviously would stop performing well, not because he's a bit inconsistent. And um, but yeah, no, he's everything and more than I. He's way, way more than I thought he would be. And I, I'm fully confident that guy will be England number one at in some point over the next few years. 
yeah, like I, I think that it's it's going to happen, and I think his personality and his way of playing will get him in the England squad and will get him far. And he's already a fan favourite with the Arsenal fans. Like you just have to go to the Emirates to see how much the Arsenal fans love him. I know we've taken the Aaron Ramsey chant and put it on him, but yeah. you know, like for him, for any goalkeeper to have a chant is is pretty unique and incredible like it's very it's a very rare thing and uh, i think yeah it's just he will be england number one it's just a matter of when he hasn't made his england debut yet he will eventually and uh, it will be a great day when he manages to do that so yeah like and it's just nice that maybe in the next england squad we could have up to four england players from our team, like, in that squad. Be nice. Yeah, and it's just... I remember the 2018 World Cup where we had none and Spurs dominated that World Cup and it's just, like, it'd be nice to make make England Arsenal again. Like, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's completely true. And, like, he's such a... Um, he is such a Gareth Southgate, like, not just goalkeeper, but player. He's... Yeah. He's his type of personality, sort of distribution. Like when it comes to the skills of a goalkeeper, he comes out for crosses. And look, I don't think Gareth Southgate is going to get rid of Pickford anytime soon, but I think he must be going up the pecking order at least ahead of um, Sam Johnston. Um, and I, I just, do you know what I love about Ramsey? He's just like a pan, he's a pantomime player as well. Like yeah. he, but we're, but we're his best. We're his audience, and we're his. You know, he engaged us all the time, and he did the, you know, the the goalkeeper chant everyone does when they're uh we got the away goalkeeper your shit da. yeah and uh he just turned around and he joined in when he kicked it oh, and loved went, your it. shit and he turned and pumped it went, ah. yeah <laughs> he loves it absolutely loves it so you know and i think um in terms of the arsenal fans all the way through i think you know i think they were absolutely brilliant and i think it's players like him that, that really helped that because they feel so correct to him and we don't just have like when was the last time we didn't have the songs that was basically just Arsenal, Arsenal, yeah. and then it's and it's Arsenal? You know, we've got proper, almost like lower league level um, chanting and fandom and yeah. spirit. Um, you know, which is which is so great. So, which is great to see. And I wonder if that's something to do with the fact that you know, like it, historically, if we ever go to a game and we have really good teams and all that sort of stuff, we would expect to go and win. If we didn't win, we'd be sad. But we would sit there and expect to be entertained and expect to win. We've gone through a bit of turmoil and we've got a bit more hope now and it's almost like we're on the way back up. We've got this yeah. energy, there's new people in the stadium and got a new team. It's just, there's something really refreshing about the whole club, um, you know, which is really, really good to see. Um, and yeah, so obviously we saw out the game. So, um, I mean, I, I hate talking about it when we win, but... It's a straight red. Yeah. It's been a few like that. As, especially when you consider Laporte's one, which I thought was like uh, Evan, Evan's one on Aubameyang was worse than, yeah. than the Laporte one. And he got red cards and Evan's only got a yellow. And I think there was one on Con- uh, from concert. Uh, Villa against West Ham this weekend, which again I I didn't I think the Evans one on Aubameyang's worse. It's a clear yeah. goal scoring opportunity. I don't know how he doesn't get sent off. It's a referee error, and uh, I think what's his name? Is it Peter Walton on BT Sport? Obviously agreeing with the referee as per so, usual. So mm. uh, yeah, um, I do think he was the only one though. Like most other people, really completely disagreed. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he, I think yeah. I think most people did disagree with it, and mm. he, he he should have got sent off. And I don't know if he was just being lenient because Leicester weren't playing very well, but he should have mm. got sent off. For Birmingham was through on goal, he would have scored. And I hate talking about it, but it's just there were so many times last season where it, that kind of decision that did go against us, it felt like. And I'm sure it wasn't, but it did feel like it was more so us than anyone else. But I'm sure every fan says that. But it it. Um, I'm just very glad that we don't have to worry about those decisions because we're playing well enough and scoring enough that it, they aren't those fine margins that we have to rely on. But I do remember the last couple of games that there have been a couple of those where it's just like, well, you know, I, 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 this is going to cost us at some point and I don't want it to. But uh, having said that, we got a good decision against Villa um, in that sense as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to say, but I do remember... Um, there's been a few recently, I think. The yellow card situation against... Was it Villa? 
was it Palace? I think it was Palace. Yes, it was Palace because the red card that didn't happen against Saka. Oh, you know, yeah. and all this sort of that stuff. It's just like, yeah. But that cost us because that's that's ten men. You know, that's, there's no chance someone's staying on for that. And um, that guy should have had about two yellows before that even happened. So, anyway, good things have been happening, so I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but so, in, in terms of the game, I think that's probably you know. Well, not, not not everything. I've got a couple. Of, I basically, I've got a couple of uh, points I want to put to you as a discussion point. Yeah. Some of them may may seem a little bit downbeat, considering. And I don't mean to <laughs> rain on anyone's parade, but it's just some thoughts that I want to have. I guess coming into a good run and looking back across the sort of cyclical nature of our performances, we're very hot and cold, and I think we're a very hot period at the moment. And I'm just sort of wondering if our cyclical nature of like our form comes down to the sort of cyclical nature of our formations as well. So, you know, what I mentioned earlier, we started with the five at the back. We won the, we won the FA Cup with it. Yeah. We managed to get a good few results out of it. We got scouted. People knew what we were doing. People just nullified it, and it was quite easy to stop. That was like, okay, and then we moved on. We did the 4-2-3-1 and all that sort of stuff, and that worked well for quite a while. It got scouted. People nullified it. You know, we, then we had some trouble at the beginning of the season, obviously, but that's because of COVID. But we started playing that formation. Kind of got found out a little bit. You know, we struggled against a couple of teams. Lucky against Brighton. Uh, struggled against Palace. And then we moved to kind of a 4-4-2. And I just wonder, is this formation, albeit very, very good, and it's another solution, you know, that we found, is that... Is this going to be scouted quickly, and are we only going to have a plan A? Because I feel like the issue with the other two formations in the end, well, that's kind of all we had. We had our plan A. Yeah. Really struggled to find a plan B. You know, we have Gary Neville saying he can't see a plan with Arteta. And he was like, well, I'm like, well, what are you seeing other than plan A? Because <laughs> that's all we have is a plan. <laughs> so, um, so I wonder, is this like an addition to our 4 two, 3 one And is it... Or is it like, right, we're going sort of 4-4-2-ish? I hate to say 4-4-2 in its entirety because <laughs> I don't think it is, but you know what I mean? Is, is, is this something that's going to get found out quickly and we're going to struggle with after a while? Or is this another bow to our str- a string to our bow, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's mainly a temporary, like a temporary thing because I think he used it against Palace in the mm. second half. When when we were, when we were down, and then he obviously used it at the start because he decided the way Lacazette finished the game that he would start against Villa, and then Odegaard, I think, was injured or no, or maybe just didn't, he didn't play well, so he got dropped. Mm. So, and then obviously he played he played very well in this game, and then Lacazette came, and then he had to play the last game as well. So. I get, I get it, but I just don't think it would last forever. I wouldn't be surprised if Martin Odegaard comes in for Lacazette afterwards, just because I think yeah. Lacazette. I know you said he played like you thought he looked quite good, but I thought Odegaard when he came on looked good as well, and I think that's going to be an interesting discussion that happens. I think so. To answer your question, I, I I don't really think it's something to worry about too much until until it happens, and then it's up to Mikel Arteta to adapt and to evolve from that. But if it's working at the moment, just keep using it and yeah, and keep hoping it's it's going to be fine. But I sort of believe that Mikel Arteta is like sort of football. It, it sort of always ranges around this possibility of like having five lanes, like up front and everything and having your left back going like bombing on sort of thing but what mm. I've liked about the improvements that Arsenal had is is actually having the midfield is actually in midfield so before we would have one at left back sort of thing or like left centre back mm. in that sort of half space and you'd have like one midfielder with like an island on his own and it's just what I like about it is that you have Lukonga, you have Party. And they're sort of in the centre of the pitch, controlling the pitch together. And I think that makes such a difference for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's completely true. And we've got players that allow us to do that, right? So Tommy Yasu's come in and yeah. now we don't have to cover for him by dropping a midfielder into the centre-back-ish roles when we're, you know... In, in, and 
I think that really helps and that allows the left back, whoever that is, to, to push on. Um, and look, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd bring it up as a, as, a, as a thought, really, rather than anything else. Because hey, let's let's enjoy it while it does last. Because yeah. it is fun, and that's why we love football. And we can now get excited about the team. We can enjoy it. You know, I've booked more tickets, and yeah. I think more people are going to come back to the stadium and all of this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it's 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 really exciting. Um, but and, and I suppose the other thought was, uh, what do you think about this sort of the game management that you're seeing? I suppose, like you know, I think when we and again, I don't want to be downbeat, but I, I, that some, some of the stats I saw, so Ramsdale made the most saves he's ever had to make in a Premier League game. And he's played for Bournemouth and Sheffield United, right? Mm. And I know we looked very good at the beginning, and there's a reason why we sat back. Um, but it wasn't too dissimilar. Obviously, Palace, we sat back against... Um, uh, I think even, even Tottenham, and you know, he Tottenham, he had to make an incredible save. Villa, yeah. he had to make a one-on-one at a very good time. And look, Ramsdale is getting up, and he is at these extremely crucial moments, making unbelievable saves. But I guess my worry is, and, and I don't want to be downbeat again, because obviously we've just come up with a really good run and we're beating good teams and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the, I think there is a bit of worry about me that there is like a game management, not issue, but like slight, slight worry that I've got. And do you remember, do you remember the Unai, um, and, and I really hate to compare it to this, but you know the Unai Emery 22-game unbeaten run? Yeah. And we were all like, well, this is, is good, but like we all know that we should be losing. And we're not there. I'm not saying with us. <laughs> I'm only comparing <laughs> it because like I kind of think, and, and Arteta addressed it in his post-match interview, I still think there's more to be worked on in terms of game management and shoring up at the back um, when it comes to looking after a result. Because I think there are other days whether we let the same chances in, we end up, you know, either dropping two points or dropping three points from those situations. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder how... I'm, 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 I think, I suppose, a good way of putting it is I'm quite intrigued to see how that pans out and how Arteta addresses it. Yeah, like, I think I think with with this with this run, I think obviously it's it's difficult to tell what, what how how to feel sort of thing. I, I, I completely get that because it's just like I am excited about it. I am happy with it. Obviously when you go on an unbeaten run you're always gonna be happy about it. But it's just I think because of that Unai Emery run, it's sort of tempered and because of how inconsistent we've been, it's just like any sort of run we go on, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, it's good, but when's it going to go bad sort of thing? We're yeah, just like, that's true. Yeah, just like anticipating the bad stuff. And it's just maybe we shouldn't. Like maybe it's it's just let's just see how it goes. And the control in the games thing, it is a worry. I, I feel like in this game we went 2-0 up and stopped playing. And that that's sometimes not the best thing to do. And but there have been other games this season, the Spurs and Villa game, for example, where we did keep going for goals and we should have got mm. more. And I think that's that that's different compared to the other games. Um, it's about consistency. That, that that's that magic word again, consistency. And when yeah. Arsenal start getting consistent and get be able to produce these performances, Arsenal will be a much better side. But until then, we will just have to sometimes maybe have to worry about games just and how we're controlling games just to until we get more consistent. Yeah, I think so. And it's it's just a thought, you know. I, I I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it, but I. Yeah. Sometimes I worry that there's a problem that's masked by points and masked by, you know, how many goals you concede rather than the chances you're conceding and the saves your keepers are going to have to make and all that sort of stuff. But, look, let's enjoy it while it lasts. We've got a great keeper between the sticks and I still really believe in the in the back five, really, that we've now got, including the keeper. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I hope no one gets injured. But, um, yeah, they're looking great at the moment and it's, it's, it's great that it's giving us a platform for us to get behind the team and to do something a bit special. So... Um, and two facts to finish on just before we get into the man of the match and dick of the day. Um, obviously, I saw a big one going around Twitter saying that um, Gabriel, since Gabriel has come in, um, every last 14 games he's played, we've, we've, we've won, or we haven't lost, I should say, um, which I think is no coincidence. You know, I mean, obviously, he didn't play for the first three games of the season and coming off the back of last season, but also. Any time we've played with party, we haven't lost since April. Oh wow, that's 
pretty astonishing. Yeah, I, and I think that shows his role in the team, and he's had his ups and downs, but consistently, he just makes us better, right, yeah. doesn't he? Um, Definitely. So that's two facts I would share. Um, do you, dare I ask about Man of the Match, or...? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, there's only one man who could be man of match, and it's, uh, it's big boy Am Ramsdale. Big Ram. Um, yeah, it's Ram, isn't it, all day long. Um, so there's no point even talking about that. We've talked about him all day, and hopefully um, everyone else will be in the same boat. So, uh, dick of the day? I, I think uh, I'll have to go for, for VAR just because of the decision with Evans and... Aubameyang, they didn't like see any reason why he couldn't have got sent off. I think it was the sending off, and they got it wrong on the day. I, I know I'm pretty much... <laughs> I, I, I could give it to VAR every single week if I could, mm. but like I, I think especially they got that one wrong. Yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did. I mean, that's... That, yeah, it's frustrating, but thankfully that, you know... Nothing went too wrong um, in the end. But the uh, so, so so my dick of the day uh, was just it was just a man that ruined my weekend. Quite frankly, oh, no. after being such on such a high after you know waiting Leicester, Tottenham getting battered. Uh, I went to a thirtieth birthday party, which was fantastic. Um, and anyway, I wake up. Daniel Levy has got rid. <laughs> Daniel Levy. You are my deck of the day because you have spoiled the party. And don't get me wrong, I don't think, I don't think Conte is going to turn things around immediately. And I think he's going to go in the next 12 months because he'll leave cause, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure there are jokes to be made at the expense of Tottenham over the next 12 months and however long Conte is involved. But it was fun having Nuno there, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> he did no, get I, I, I thought Nuno was doing an incredible job. I don't know why they got rid of him. So, I yeah, agree. Like, yeah, I like agree. He, 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 Spurs were rubbish and it was making me very happy. I, I don't see a problem. So, like, thank thank you, Levy. Like, uh, you, you've, yep. you've ruined our fun. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you'll still get battered wherever you go. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um Cool. So now that we've got that guy out of the way, um, let's move on to uh, some questions. So we've got some questions that have been submitted on Instagram, but also the Telegram group that we've got set up. So do let us know if you do want to get involved in that. There's, um, I'll send out a link, obviously, on our Instagram and things. So you can join it. We'll chat about Arsenal. Um, so, Matt, I've just sent you a list of questions um, on your WhatsApp. So I'm not sure you've got them there. So, I mean, I'll pose one first while, while you get it up. But there's a few really good questions, actually. Um that we sort of half touched on. But I okay. think it's really interesting where we're moving forward with it. And I'd like to start, I think, with Freddie F underscore G. Um, I mean, he just asked about, you know, Erdegaard's opinions. Um, you know, Erdegaard's opinions, and he's done two question marks. So, you know, I mean, I guess that the, the big question is how we're deploying Erdegaard, how much we're going to use him. Is this system sort of better than something we have with him? Or, you know, what, what, what do you see as his future and how we deploy him? Well, uh, firstly, I think he he was good when he came on, so I think that should be mentioned. That I, I think he he had a couple of bad games against Palace and against Brighton, but I think in this game he was much improved, and I really thought he had a good relationship with Saka when he came on, so that that was good. And uh, but I think his future is at a number ten. Like I don't think he should be used deeper, not in a double pivot, only really in an emergency or in a four three three. Just use them as the number ten. Yeah, uh, I think he's really good there, and he he he's a really good intelligent player. I really like him. I'm one of his better fans. Like I've got I I got him on the back of my third shirt this year, so nice. I, I, I I sort of have that that sort of bias towards him i think he's fine I, I still think the fee that we got him for this summer was was fantastic and i think he will come good and he will be a starter for arsenal for for a long time yeah me too me too i mean i, I think one thing about him is whilst he can do all the the neat touches and the short passes and the one touch passes and all of this sort of stuff i i also think he's high energy and really good presser and he's very intelligent and i think we need that in our team I think he's. I don't think he's had a really bad last couple of games. I think he um, was played a little bit out of position, didn't do so well. Sorry, I just had to sneeze there. That's um, right. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm sure you saw. I went on mute. Um, so, and and I'm sure, you know, he had a slightly off, and no more than off game in a 
you know, in playing in that sort of second pivot role, but everybody else had a bad game as well, so it was one of those. And, and I do get the feeling that if he plays well, we all play well, or if we all play well, he gets to play really well, so he's got an element of Urzelness in him, I like that, yeah. and um, I think he'll be a big player for this club, and I'm just so happy that there is competition, you know, and we've got Lacazette or Laconga in between those spaces or taking the, that position directly, right? And yeah. That mean that means Odegaard's got to perform to get in, and yeah. I think Lacazette is chomping at the bit to keep his place. He really is playing for something, um, and I think it's for the fans. I don't think he'll take a new contract. I don't think we'll give him one. So, um, but it is something to think about. But I think he'll be um, he'll be big for a very long time for this club. Um, do, you, do you have a question you want to do? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have one from underscore dot ker dot lang dot underscore. So nice. a, a very good username. And they ask, do you think Tierney needs to be worried with his position since Nuno having come in and performed well? Question. Um, yes, I, I, I think. I mean, Tierney didn't have a great start to the season and... Tavares looks like an absolute steal. I mean, Edu's had an absolute cracker there. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I think if Tierney comes back, he will start. I think Arteta likes him too much. Um, but I think he's also happy. Like, I think I'd be happy. To, Arteta will be happy, and I'd be happy for him to be taken off earlier than we normally would and used in slightly different ways. And yeah. as we said with Lacazette and Odegaard, competition is healthy. And Tavares pushing is only going to make Tierney a bit better. And if he hasn't been. Yeah. Not that Tierney's been bad, but he hasn't been his electric self. Why not? You know, why, he should be worried. Anyone should be worried. I, I don't want anyone to be too comfortable in their position. So, um, what do you think? Yeah, I've, uh, I, I still think Tierney's first choice. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. Yeah. But I think competition is always healthy and always a good thing. And I think Nuno has done incredibly well and I, I've really enjoyed his performances for Arsenal and uh, I really want to see how, how he develops going forward. He's just a really fun player as well. He just likes beating players and I think that's yeah. quite quite good. And I think, yeah, he's, he's, I think his defending is still something that needs to be improved on. But his, the way he bursts forward is really exciting and I think we sort of wanted someone who was exactly like Tierney but just like as a, like, if you could clone Tierney, then you you would put him on the bench and uh, to be a second option. That's sort of what Nuno Tavares has done. So, and he, mm. he 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 likes a shot. I think against Villa, he took a number of shots in that game. So yeah. he, he likes a shot, and uh, that will always get fans on side. So I sort of enjoy him. He's, he's a very chaotic performance. He's, he's sort of like how Yaya Sonogo was in the whole game like you know the FA Cup final it's just yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah just like creating chaos but he's much better than obviously Sonogo was so gonna say yeah no he, he's just got a touch of the crazy hasn't he yeah he's yeah, just yeah. bomb forward and you have no idea what he's gonna do yeah I like uh, but it. he tends to be able to do whatever he wants to do um other than he hasn't quite scored yet but you know he did in pre-season didn't he but um no I really like him I really really like him I think he's got a big future at the club when and I think he was he's the perfect signing that we could have signed because he's yeah. he's great when he plays, but yeah. he's young enough and inexperienced enough to know that he is understudy to Kieran Tierney. But he's got a hell of a you know a drive in his head as well. Like he's he's the right um, mentality kind of player. I think he's got the right you know. I mean, he, he could be an NFL player as well with his physique. I mean, yeah. he is enormous, right? So another player that that could be good on corners and things as well. But um, I think we actually leave him back, don't we, for corners? Because he's just so... Like, you're not getting past him. He's just yeah, quite yeah, powerful, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, alrighty, what about... So we've got this one from the Telegram group. And this is uh, from Woz. Um, do you think Arteta's Arsenal will eventually become a ball-dominant side again? We've only dominated possession in four out of ten league games, which was against Brentford, Norwich, Villa and Burnley. And we've only had more than 55% in one of those games. Also, do you think we need to be uh, ball dominant? I don't think it's specifically a bad thing not to be ball dominant. But it com it completely depends on the style of play you want to play. If you want to be a team on the transition, then you, you, you need to be quick and direct with your movements going forward. And uh, I think... Sometimes Arsenal are not are quite guilty of that, and then mm. I think 
sometimes we want to be ball dominant, sometimes we don't want to be, so it's sort of like not completely consistent with the side. But I don't think it's like a major, major issue. I know the big, big teams keep the ball very well, but it's just like you have like Atletico Madrid, for example, who don't, and they're very back to the wall sort of team. So it's not essential. It would be nice. And obviously, I think a lot of Arsenal fans would like to see it because obviously we're used to teams dominating possession. But yeah, like I'm, I'm, I don't think it's the be all end all. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as important as it used to be. Yeah. Um, and I think players uh, and teams do have high energy, and which I've said a lot of this podcast, I'm realising, but they, yeah. people, uh, like a press is a big part of the game, and to press, you need the other players to have the ball sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's an, a lot of, I think teams are understanding, and managers are understanding that goals are coming from that, and if you're not Man City and you don't have two sets of 11 that could win the league, you know, like, you're not going to be able to dominate the ball, so you may as well be intelligent about when you don't have the ball and what you do when you you, you don't have it. And, um, look, I think we would prefer to have more. I mean, I, I think Arteta would, I think his vision is to have that. Um, but I think you've also got to be realistic about what players you've got and how to utilise them. And Arteta's now got players he wants, and, you know, they seem to be escape artists. They like, to, you know, broken play and transition. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we've been guilty of if we're playing it and we are up the pitch. Uh, I think we've been lo- sometimes lost for ideas. You know, I don't think we find it hard to, to, to break down a, a block, a low block. And um, if I was playing against Arsenal, that's exactly what I'd do. I think they typically find it quite hard, um, which is basically what Tottenham didn't do. Right? They, they tried to press us high and we thought the players to escape. Um, and we did that. You know, they didn't sort of do a low block like they did last season when they had Mourinho and they beat us 2-0. They yeah. just sat back, let us do our thing. We had no ideas. We lost 2-0 because they scored two goals with Son and Harry Kane on the bench. Thanks very much. So I don't think it's very... I don't think it's entirely necessary. I think Arteta would like to, and I think we probably end up will having that uh, with a few more players added to the team over the next couple of years and all that sort of stuff. But um, I don't think it's entirely a big issue. Um, interesting. Um... Another question? Have you got one? Yeah, so... I've, so, there's one about uh, from Arsenal Obsessed, and they ask, how do we deal with El Nenny and Partey leaving in January? So they're obviously going to the African Cup of Nations. And I guess I'll just expand on the question. Obviously, Aubameyang and Pepe will also be leaving. So how do we deal with the players who are going to AFCON hard one isn't it because we did we've got more than anyone else in the league um i think i think liverpool are the only ones that are quite close yeah. to us because they have Mane, salah and salah. Cater. Mm. yeah i think that is yeah it's it's hard i mean difficultly you know with, with difficulty i should say i mean i guess what you could do i mean not having party is massive yeah um you know, and obviously not having El Nenny, then with that means that you don't have that structure. I mean, look, Xhaka will probably be back, but he might be struggling as well. So we're going to have to rely a little bit on youth, which we haven't really been able to do. I mean, we've got really the rest of the midfielders would be yeah. Erdegaard, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, Lakonga. Maitland-Niles. Um, Maitland-Niles, I think, is a really, really good option. Yeah, I think, he, you know, we're using him a little bit. I think that's probably why we didn't sell him. You know, having him as, like, that double pivot, again, very, very in-your-face, very, like, mobile. Um, he looks he looks hungry when he's on, and I do wonder if he's going to be used. But, look, I think in all, difficult, in all seriousness, I think we will struggle in that time. Um, there's a reason why we kept Martinelli around, um, why we haven't necessarily put Balogun on loan. Yeah. Um, so I think it will be difficult. Um, what, what would you do? With some of the positions like Aubameyang and Pepe, I think will be fine. We have Martinelli and we have Lacazette. I think they'll be all okay. Those positions like Saka, Smithrow. With Elneny and Party, that's the big one because Jack is injury, and he's probably out until twenty twenty two, so he won't be back for a bit of this period. That means you're basically relying on Maitland Niles and Lukonga. Hmm. And that's going to be quite difficult. And 
you just got to hope that we're in some good form and it's not going to disrupt us massively. There was like very slight rumours that AFCON may not happen, but uh, I think there were only very very small rumours. So I think it might it might still happen. So yeah, like I think Arsenal are going to find it tough, and uh, when they lose both these players or all these players to AFCON. And mm-hmm. I think Arsenal have now got to start preparing for it. And if it gets to January and they have to bring in a midfielder who can slot in, then so be it. Yeah, I, I, that's actually another one of those questions. But um, I can't see us bringing anyone in. I'm just looking at... So, yeah, I mean, it's tough. And, and I worry that we'd lose a, just a, a just a, a centre-back or someone in our, like, just through sod's law, you know, through injury. Um yeah, it's, it's it's looking quite quite bleak, really. I mean, Martinelli, I think it's a really good opportunity here for him. Yeah. I think should be said. I think he he will get a lot of game time. Then I think it will be a hell of an opportunity for him to put a marker down and say, "Look, this is who I am." And I think Lacazette just behind him. And so if he plays the Aubameyang role as such in that little four four two thing that we've got going on, yeah, you know, could be really good. I mean, another so that have Lacazette just behind Martinelli, and they'd be playing that four four two Mill Smith on the left. Saka on the right, but then have Maitland-Niles and Odegaard in between. So he kind of feels like a, you know, um, a very strong partnership. One that sort of sits a little bit deeper and the one that goes a bit more forward. So I don't know. What would worry me is our our substitutions as well. Like, yeah. Who are we bringing on? So that would be interesting. Um, something to keep an eye on for sure. Definitely. Um, so let's do let's do one more then, and last one on that. Do you think? Uh, so this is from Ryan. Macbeth, McCraybeth, I should say. Um, incomings or outgoings for January transfer window? I think the only way I could see us getting a player is is a midfielder, and that that would be it. And I don't think it would be a very. It would either be a very young one. It wouldn't be a very ambitious one. I think. I think in terms of outgoings, maybe someone like. Leno, I think I've got a sneaky suspicion that Leno might push to leave in January, just because mm. I think the way he's been since Ramsdale's come in and with his agent, and there's been stories about how Arteta like apparently convinced, like said, "Oh, you're assured of starting the game against Spurs." And, all this really? rubbish, it, yeah, and it, well, I I don't think it's true, but it's just like if mm. that's being put out in the media, it's just like that, that doesn't sound like a very happy player. So I could no. see him leaving potentially, and then maybe someone like Klasnach. I don't, I think January would be because of how much business we done in the summer. I would be shocked if we done anything in January at all. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean. In terms of outgoings, I think uh, Balogun will go on loan. I think it's just time. That, that should not, be, yeah. yeah. It should be done. It should be. Um, I One thing I think could happen is like a Kim Kallstrom kind of signing that ties us over six months. Just like yeah. someone preferably not with a broken back, but just someone who's experienced, who will play intermittently and will be good. And maybe. Like, I, I, I'm not sure it will happen, but something I could like, to, like for, for it to happen. Something I would like to happen, and I would make a case for, although I highly doubt it would happen, is bring Saliba back from Marseille. And which is a bit controversial. I know he's playing; he's playing very well. Yeah. But something I think is going to happen in the summer, which will start ramping up, is Saliba is going to be hunted after. He's yeah. going to be his agents going to start complaining, and he may want out. We don't know. Yeah. And. If you cut just underneath White, Tomiyasu, and Gabriel, and to be fair, Tavares and Tierney are fine, but really just from the centre-back three that tend to be those three, obviously Tomiyasu is a right-back but comes in and plays the three and could cover centre-back. It's uh, Pablo Marie just looks very, like, suspect. Yeah. And Rob Holding can do a job for a bit, but it just things just worry me, and I, I think it is a very apparent that that is it. And... If we brought him back on from loan, which I don't think we can do, but I would like to, is we would take control of that situation like we wouldn't be able to do in the summer. And that is bringing him back, playing him in a good few games, bringing him on, 
playing him in the cup runs if we're there or doing whatever we have to do, but really get him integrated with the squad and happy to be yeah. there, plus have the cover we need for someone who is playing well. And I think that could protect us, not only during the time where we may need him, but also in the future where he may be looking elsewhere because he's frustrated. So, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just a, a musing that I had um, that I thought I'd share. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I would love that to happen. I don't think it will, but I, I want Saliba to have an Arsenal career, and uh, I think he will definitely push for a move in the summer, if not it actually happen. So for us to actually make him feel part of the squad and try and get him integrated is an important part of Mikel Arteta and I guess the mm. club's job. So we just got to make sure that we can convince him and because I think he will have like two years <laughs> I think it would be funny he will have like two years left on his deal like when 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 this season's ended so yeah it's, it's quite astonishing that he's played zero minutes for Arsenal and it's just like and his deal will nearly be up it's crazy honestly that situation um, has blown my mind a bit hey but we can dream maybe yeah. he will come back and maybe he'll be the dream pet you know the dream centre-back for many years to come so let's see um, well, well, let's leave it there we've been going for, for just over an hour now so I think people have probably got things to do um, and they're probably very bored of us so um, Matt, thanks so much for coming on mate and um, hopefully I'll see you this week for lunch <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. We li- we're very very close now yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah when, when are you next going to an Arsenal game as well I think the next one I'm going to is the West Ham home game. So that's in December. I think it's in nice. the the middle of the month, um, which should be good. But I don't think the tickets for the Sunderland game have come out yet. So I would like to go to that one as well um, because we've got them in the cup, which is quite nice. So, yeah, like, uh, are you going to any games soon? Yeah, I've got Newcastle. I'm going to try and angle for a Liverpool away ticket, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I don't know if that's a really good idea or a really bad idea, but um, <laughs> yeah. let's see. It'll be a good fun day out either way. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I, I nearly got tickets for the Man City away game this season, and I'm really glad I didn't. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so hopefully it's not the same experience if you do go to a Liverpool game. I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure it won't be. It'll be 3-2 to the Arsenal, having come back from 2-0 down, and all happening in the last three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cool. Well, on that note, great result against Brighton. Let's go continue the run next week. Um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and thanks so much for coming on, Matt. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on again, and catch you all next time. Take care.